Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the very first episode of Seven Nuffs and a Serious. I'm Bear in the Square. I'm joined here today by the Wiz. Hello. Wiz, how are you today? Very good. Fine, finally getting this off the ground. And Big Crows fan, uh, quite a bit of news coming out of the football club in the last week that we'll cover today, uh, including Isaac Rankin requesting a trade, and of course Club Crom at Thewison Oval. Uh, so Wiz, we've known each other now for quite a few years, I would say. Um, eight years? Would Eight years? Yeah, so, I think when you were a, a youngin coming up for the under-18s, filling in. Yeah, so, uh, so I'd moved to the... Uh, the local footy club, and Wiz was already uh, an established senior player there. Is that an old joke? Hmm? Is that a joke about my age? Oh, uh, well, you'd only had 400 games to <laughs> your name by then. <laughs> Boarding at 24. Well, the rec- the records only show 392 games. <laughs> well, I'm sure you could find some extra games if you weren't digging. Um, actually, I think one of our very first interactions was... Uh, and I can't remember why it was, but I think it was you yelling at me on the field for something I'd done or not done. But I was quite a youngster and, uh, you know, I was quite fitter and faster then, so I might have been taking things on a bit too much, so... I actually couldn't stand you the first time I met you. I thought you were a cocky little shit. Well... I mean, you're bigger than me I now, might have been. <laughs> I might have been. Um, things were a lot easier when you're fitter and faster. When you start to slow down, you you got to realise... You know, you pick your battles. Oh, tell me about it. Um, so yeah, we've been uh, good mates so for the last six years, I'd say. Five, yeah. six years. Formed a good bond over the, the footy and the nuff. Yes, and where there's footy, there's nuff. That's <laughs> for sure. So yeah, hopefully we can um, land a few guests along the way and have you, have you along for a few laughs and make some friends of the show. Uh, shout out to the friends of the show which is those of you listening and who have already made it this far in two minutes into the podcast so you've done well yep and a special shout out to our good friend Ryan who's responsible for unknowingly of course but responsible for the name of the show that's right thanks Wadey uh, seven nuffs and a serious as uh, that was the apparent ratio of what came out of our mouths when we were at, whenever we were at the footy club and he's probably spot on to be honest yeah, he wouldn't be far off at all. So, should we get on with our first topic? Let's hit it. Alright. Isaac Rankin, requesting a trade to the Adelaide Crows. Uh, reports between 750 and 850k a season on a five-year deal. Uh, Wiz, big Crows fan, thoughts on it? So, you know I've been taunting you for years that we were going to get him. I actually didn't think we would. So it's, it's come as a bit of a surprise, to be honest. Um, yeah, I was hoping we would uh, keep him up there at the Suns, but, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll touch on this as well, but Tony Cochran's comments of money talks, hey? Um, a bit rich. <laughs> a bit rich, but we'll get to those comments. Um, look, I'm not sure if a small forward's exactly what Adelaide need right now. A uh, five-year deal on big money's pretty risky. But if they could develop him in the midfield as well, he could be worth every cent. His ceiling is as high as anyone's in the AFL, in my opinion. Just, uh, yeah, watched him closely, obviously, at the Suns. So pretty pretty sad to lose him. Um, but with Adelaide real keen on him, what do you think gets the deal done? Well, I think a starting point would be pick five that we currently have. Um... We've already given you half of the payment by sending Rory Atkins. <laughs> How's that worked out for you? Well, hey, we're playing in our very first VFL elimination final tomorrow and he's been an integral part of the VFL squad. <laughs> well, if that's what your club strives for, then perfect. Well, hey, if we can bring home a VFL flag, we'll be putting it on the tally along with Carlton's and Essendon's <laughs> and Collingwood's and we'll start to play catch-up now. And Port Adelaide's. What, 40 premierships that they like uh, to play? Yeah, th- 37 flags in total, but... Uh, like they n- no wooden spoons? No, they never seem to uh, remember the wooden spoon tally. No, of course they don't. <laughs> yep, so Adelaide's draft hand. They have a first rounder, pick five currently, a second rounder, pick 23, and a fifth rounder of pick 77. Uh, the Suns 
have one first rounder of pick seven, three second rounders, 25, 32, and 33, two third rounders, which are picks 43 and 51, two fourth rounders, and a fifth rounder. So a lot of those were future picks coming to them last trade period. They, of course, they will be keen on pick five, you would think. Any first rounder is uh, extra handy to have. Um, maybe they package up a couple of picks and send them off to bring in more established players. But um, a bit of work to do for the Crows, perhaps, in getting the deal done apart from the first rounder. They've got a couple of out-of-contract players. Uh, do you see any of them moving along? I see them moving along, but I'm not sure if that's the Gold Coast or not. Mm. It's hard one because uh, if the Crows value him at 750 to 850k a season, then the Suns will say, well, to you he's worth more than one first rounder. Maybe they, you know, Jimmy Rowe rumoured to be going to the Western Bulldogs. If they get a couple of picks from that way, maybe extra picks from that swap with a couple of extra picks from the Gold Coast to help sweeten the deal either way. Maybe there's... Um, Carlton's after Fisher McCasey now, which I think would be a good thing because he's done absolutely nothing since getting to the club. Don't know if that's on him or the club. The club has a history of not developing players properly, I would would think. Uh, was he was he drafted as a backman or a forward? He was drafted as a backman, but I'm fairly sure he was a swingman, and now he's playing forward. He's been in playing sandfall. forward in a sandfall, I've seen. So, yeah, it's a it's a curious case, uh, that's for sure. So maybe a third club gets involved to get this deal done. Uh, personally, I like the look of Ben Davis, um, but I don't know if he actually adds much to what the Gold Coast need. But I have always been a big fan of Benny. Shout out to Benny, friend you, of the show, listening. friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a big fan. Um, yeah, so it's just, just don't know where where to for the Crows with only three picks, two in the first two rounds, and then a fifth rounder. With that first rounder seeming like it'll be packaged up as the part of the rank and deal. Uh, I think pick five should be enough. You think pick five will be enough? Yeah, I've seen in the media it's been suggested that pick five wouldn't be enough. It should only be a starting point because Rankin was drafted at pick three. But since when are we going to decide a player's value on where they were in the draft when you consider players like Rory Laird came from mm. the rookie draft? Is he worth nothing at the trade table because of where he was drafted? Mm. It needs to run both ways. Has Rankin played like a pick three? You see, that's that's another thing in, in flashes. But that's the sort of player he is. He's a flash player. But if he can string that, uh, you know, for four quarters, week in, week out, very hard to do as a small forward, especially if it's not always getting down there. That's definitely something we need. And I think we've missed it since Charlie Cameron left. And I see them as somewhat similar players. That's a good point. Kind of like that X-Factor small forward. Bit of speed. Crows fans love to complain about the lack of speed. (laughs) (laughs) So looking at Rankin coming into the Crows, they've got a pretty good forward line for the next foreseeable future if they land him. When you think Fogarty, his second half of the year was phenomenal. Texas probably got... Well, he's contracted for one more year at least. Um, but he's not really showing signs of uh, slowing no, down. If Tex can continue this form, he can play as long as he wants. If they can keep developing Himmelberg. We don't know what's happening with Billy Frampton. He's been playing back line, he's been forward line, he's been back to the back line, he's out of contract. And apparently Collingwood are into him now. Collingwood are into him. So what happens with him? Uh, Jimmy Rose got in a fair few games though this year. And we can't forget uh, Rochelle. Yeah, I think Rochelle's the one that's taken Rose's place. And if Rankin comes in, he's got nowhere to go. So all the time we've been down and Rowe couldn't cement a spot then, you'd think it'd be pretty hard going forward with a forward line that's got McAdam, Rochelle and Rankin. Mm, McAdam as well. McHenry's snuck down a few times for some goals. So, so they're starting to function a lot better. And Ben Keyes, line. surprisingly, playing as a forward now. Did an absolute amazing job on Saad. Aye, and uh, 
the All Australian Defender, which we'll get to later in the uh, in the show. Oh yeah, plenty to say about that. So obviously the Gold Coast were pretty disappointed to be losing out on Isaac Rankin. Um, they'd made ten re-signings this season, including Ben King, Jack Lukosius, Took Miller. So the the core of their group's buying in. They thought they were going to have Rankin. You know, I've seen a couple of reports saying that he was real close to signing, just needed to click the pen before Adelaide came knocking. Now, there's two ways they can go about this. They can get a deal done. Maybe it's pick five. Maybe it's pick five and an out-of-contract player. Or pick five and a couple of picks each way just to sweeten the deal a bit. There's... That can happen. Um, I can't see them letting him walk to the preseason draft. I think no, they'll be wanting something out of him. West Coast have already indicated that they would be taking him. I've, I've heard. Yes, and I think they would. They would pay the money, but I've never really understood that why he would pay the money for a player who doesn't necessarily want to come to your club, let alone your state. It's a well, big risk. It seems to be that clubs back their, what they call their systems in to convince the player once they're there. Yeah. We see a lot of it. Um, not not convinced that it works most of the time. Yeah. The go-home factor seems to be pretty strong in this sport. For sure. And, you know, that that's another topic we can discuss down the track is the go-home factor. And, uh, you know, should, should players sometimes nominate a state with a preferred club but if a better deal can be struck with a different club within that state should that AFL club that currently has the player be able to ship them there it can be a bit complex with contracts and stuff and payments but you know you do see when the go home factor is strong Adelaide have actually lost a lot of defenders especially key defenders um, you know you do want to see players stick out but the one club player is becoming rarer as the years go on. It is, and I think the clubs need to look out for themselves as much now because the, the players have more more power every year. Yep. And just back on what you said before about should they be able to nominate a club and if another one jumps in, kind of like in the NBA and sports like that, oh. it happens. But you have to compare the salaries they're on. Yeah, I don't think any of them are crying by getting an NBA salary by <laughs> moving to a different state compared to uh, what the AFL players make. Um, so the Suns obviously pretty disappointed. Uh, Took Miller was pretty frank with uh, Robbo and Jordan Lewis on Fox Footy the other night, but respectful still. So Tony Cochran's comments, just take a little excerpt out. Stewie Jew has put in a phenomenal amount of time with this kid. He's been like a second dad to him. He's helped him in so many ways to get around and get involved. And he's also helped him enormously with his football. There's a lot of very disappointed people up here and I know a lot of his fellow playing mates all feel they were in this together. And they felt he was in this with them and will go forward with them. Money talks, huh? Someone else with a big wallet comes along and makes it pretty hard. Um, Look, he didn't really pull any punches and... While he does tell the truth, it's always a two-way street. It happens in and out of every club. Um, thoughts? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The Crows put in a lot of work into Nathan Bock, and then he got the Godfather offer. He couldn't turn down. I heard the Crows actually told him to break a leg on his way out the door. <laughs> that is a low blow. <laughs> Bless him. We love you, Bocky, friend of the show. <laughs> he just doesn't know it yet uh, but Took Miller's comments Took's a class act I think be one of the most loved players in the AFL by neutral supporters shout out to Took another good friend of the show <laughs> he will be I think everything that Took said was fair enough but uh, definitely a little bit of hypocrisy there with old Cochran yeah I think you know you want to see players that develop kids take them, especially in the first couple of rounds. You want to see them stay at the club. But when you're being offered the reported extra 150k a season to play at home, it's kind of something that 
you know, footy can easily be taken away from you. You're only one or two injuries away from it being finished. He's got to just take that offer to go back home. Especially at his age. He's, yeah. what, 21, 22? Young man. In a, and you're getting a long-term deal. Uh, is it five? 800 a year. Over five years. <clears throat> oh, here we go. Especially on a long deal. A five-year deal. Being on, let's say, 800 a year for five years. It's very hard to not clap back. Absolutely. It would be for anyone. I mean... Gold Coast are looking pretty good in the next few years, but they're not exactly in the premiership window yet. You know, Adelaide, they look like they're turning things around a bit quicker than people anticipated. They've not never quick really... enough for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> They've never really bottomed out as such. Only a wooden spoon. Well, I can't see them getting in a North Melbourne predicament, and hopefully this uh, deal goes well for them. If it doesn't, do you see the Crows fans turning on Isaac or more the club? Well, we know there's a lot of pressure in this town being only two teams. Mm-hmm. And Crows have plenty of nuffy supporters. And I'm not talking about the good enough either. They're insufferable. Well, Isaac actually had the blowtorch on him earlier this season um, from some of the media. And, you know, young man as a small forward is always a t- tough spot. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how that magnifies further in a footy town compared to uh, up in Queensland whether whether the microscope's well and truly on him Eddie Betts came out during the week and said it will be but he's just got to back himself in and play well early and get everyone on board it would have been nice if Eddie was still at the club to mentor him but he's obviously doing great things at Geelong with Tyson Stengel who's now all Australian which is nice to see first delisted free agent to be an All-Australian, I hear. It's a good achievement. It was never a question of his on-field ability. I know. Sometimes sometimes things just don't work out at a certain club for whatever reason, on and or off the field. certain fans have to suffer because of it. Uh, <laughs> disappointing. But what's not disappointing, though, is uh, Club Crom. Yes. Adelaide's proposed new $18 million home at Theberton Oval. Um, so... Th- They've identified Theberton Oval as the best site to meet its long-term requirements for a new world-class headquarters. The club is continuing to negotiate with the City of West Torrens, which controls Theberton Oval as well as the current tenant, Sandful, a view to finalising lease terms and conditions. Uh, estimated 75 to 80 mil. Um, and the club sought state government funding. Shout out to Pistol Pete, another <laughs> friend of the show. Yes. Adelaide Uni, C-grade legend. Um, big highlights for me, not being a Crows member or fan. There's still time. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. But establishing uh, two ovals, one the size of the Adelaide Oval and one the size of the MCG. Um, what's going to happen first? The Crows playing finals at the MCG or this facility being built? I don't see the Crows playing any finals for another couple of years. Oh, jeez. Unfortunately. I don't want to get ahead of myself and make (laughs) make some ridiculous call like they might win their first 10 games of the season. Yes, never happened. (laughs) Um, But what what really uh, caught my eye was more member and fan-focused areas, an interactive museum and a cafe, a big step towards building a fair dinkum footy club, um, you know, do they have dartboards and pool tables, a bowling lane maybe? <laughs> that might be pretty awesome. 80 mil, you'd be wanting something like that. Um, but is that the sort of thing that you would get around and, you know, after like a, a big win or a finals win or a showdown win, get back to the club? And uh... Well, it's kind of out of the way for me, but I think for the people that do that, it would be perfect. And it's been a long time coming. And... It- it's sure to get under the skin of Port fans, which it seems to already have done, especially with the government funding. Um, it's not like Port have ever taken a, a loan or a grant <laughs> from anywhere. Shout out to Koshi, friend of the show. Um, well, Port Adelaide, they've got Alberton Oval, they've got the Port Club, and I think uh, Alberton's precinct is getting an upgrade too, so they shouldn't be too upset um, if they look in their own backyard and see what they're getting. I think it's important. The Crows 
um, you know, there was talks of the parklands or where the uh, aquatic centre is in the parklands near the city, building a bit of a hub there that fell through the brickworks, meatworks sort of area. Uh, that's obviously fallen through. But I think Theberson Oval is good location, still close to the city. Um, you know, West Lakes, it's... It's definitely seen some footy over the over the years. It's in a sad state now. Yeah, um, I remember the last time going to footy park, walking in, thinking, "Oh, I'm going to miss this crummy stadium," and I do. Yep, it was a bit depressing last time. I was at Carl's Junior drive-through, just staring out across at what used to be the stadium. I know. Bit of Man. comfort eating made that go away. <laughs> um. So yeah, with those facilities, though, we um. You know, an indoor artificial grass training field, double the size of what's currently at West Lakes. Um, also added community facilities such as skateboarding, a playground, dedicated parking and soccer pitches uh, in case anyone wants to code hop. Uh, gender equity with AFL facilities capable of accommodating the industry's future expansion to full-time athletes and coaches. Obviously, the Crows have had a very successful uh, AFLW launch. Um, three premierships three yeah I think three three and is this the sixth year of AFLW yep uh, shout out to the Lady Crows sorry you went down last night uh, to the D's but I'm sure you'll bounce back and especially with these facilities going forward um, they're giving back to the community growing women's footy as well and they're going to have their own base I can't see where the the downside is people will say state government funding this or that, but it's only going to get spent on something else, isn't it? That's right. You know the saying, if, if you build it, they'll come. Well, that's exactly what happened with the uh, Adelaide Oval. Love to get the stats up in a future episode about um, attendance and membership numbers for both SA teams who've benefited from the Adelaide Oval move. Plus, uh, the, well... Not a plus. The sad thing is you couldn't just kick the footy on those uh, at the car park. <laughs> <laughs> Torps ahoy. Kick the kick on the hill. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, any other thoughts on the facility? No, I think it's a good thing. As I said, it's long overdue. Didn't so. see when it was due to be completed. Uh, Rankin could be back up at the Suns as a coach by the time it's done. But, <laughs> and Crow still wouldn't have played finals. Oh, jeez. Well, now, a bit of a lighter topic. Footy card of the week. Footy card of the oh, week. Yes, we love our footy cards. We sure do. Who doesn't? And we've uh, each picked a footy card um, to show and tell. And we'll be putting it up on our socials for uh, the, the Seven Nuffs fans to be... Uh, voting on so Wade do you want to show and tell your footy card first right I've gone with a 2011 card of Brisbane legend Todd Banfield the ranger got a bit of the Shermanator about him little forward pocket <laughs> was a great player met an unfortunate end didn't deserve to be delisted but that's the nature of footy not bad well done and uh, shout out to Todd hope you're listening hope you're enjoying the show another friend of the show friend of the show and speaking of friends of the show Boy, do I have a card for you. I actually also went with a 2011 Brisbane card. But it is Michael Ruscatelli Brisbane Lions 2011 Best and Fairest card from winning it the year before. Now, the reason oh. I won this... Oh, I won this. Now, the reason I picked this was Ruscatelli was at the Suns in 2011. Oh, so it was a tw- late trade. The 2011, the Best and Fairest... Um, well, he won the 2010 Best and Ferris. Was a, one of the inaugural signings to the Suns. But That wouldn't so have had he, anything to do with Tony Cochran's big bag of money, would it? No, no big bags of money here. Just, uh, you know, culture and being able to train out of transportables was Sold plenty <laughs> of raffle tickets. Oh, yeah. He, he has sold a few t- raffle tickets. Um, All good clubs are built on selling raffle tickets. Shout out. Yeah, so I'm just in awe of this card, sorry. You should have seen my jaw drop. So yeah, 2011 Brisbane card and he's at the Gold Coast. Don't get too many uh, cards where the player is playing at two different teams in the same year. 
in terms of they've got a Brisbane card, they've got a Gold Coast card. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of holographic 3D as well. Um, he averaged 24 disposals in 2010 as well, so he's done well. Best and fairest 2010, take the award and Uru down the M1 to Carrara. So that's yes, my nomination. Riscatelli, a legend of the game. Yep, still got his warm-up shirt signed somewhere. Um, might bring it out one show and tell. Oh, when we eventually progress to a YouTube show, we ought to show it. Don't you worry, there'll be plenty more footy cars to come and <laughs> eat. <laughs> I've been known to uh, chomp on a footy card every now and then. Chompers. Chomp, chomp, chompity chomp. Shout out to him. Uh, a couple of list changes made already, um, or announced rather. Um, Port Adelaide, Colton and Adelaide in particular were ones that uh, caught my eye. Um, Port Adelaide have had Sam Skinner, Sam Mays and Tash Schofield not offered contracts. Um, and Carl Amon has nominated Hawthorne as his free agency club of choice. A four year deal uh, reportedly worth 650k a season. Uh, your thoughts on that, Wiz? Uh, so, we'll start with the delistings. I think Skinner may be a little unlucky. Only the one season at Port, and he was injured for a lot of it. Uh, I think he was only there for injury cover himself, though. Must have pissed off Chalmers. Chalmers? Super Nintendo. Oh! <laughs> Super Nintendo Hinkley. Well, maybe maybe he didn't steam the hands well enough in his exit interview. It's delightfully devilish. No, very sad news though. Continue. And uh, yeah, Sam Mays, he'd been there a while. We're talking about Sam Mays, not Sam Hayes, the Ruckman. Yes, uh, you got confused I frequently get confused between uh, the two. Yeah, Mays was a decent player, but at that at that age, and you're still not in the best 22s. Seems like it's always going to happen, isn't it? Yeah, a bit disappointing for him, but, you know, maybe he gets another guy or... Be a good depth player for maybe a premiership contender. Yeah, always worth throwing your hat in the ring as a delisted free agent, especially if you've got games on the board. Well, there's been some good delisted free agents. Mm. And we'll, we will definitely come to those uh, in, a, in a trades episode and delisted free agents episode where we name our favourites that maybe never quite took off but uh, yeah I'm very keen to sink my teeth into that in a few weeks time plenty off enough um, Carl Amon nominating Hawthorne um, well I thought players never leave Port, choose to leave Port Adelaide so their supporters say only only the Crows well they only do if they're uh, if they're no good okay so Amon's no good well that's that's the rumour I hear. We might have to get the sledgehammer in to give his opinion. Uh, that would be that'll be good, I'm sure. I'm sure he is he's a big Carl Amon fan. Sad to see him go. Um, hopefully he works out better than Jared Pollock. <laughs> Another forgotten man that's moved over to Victoria. Is he still playing? Uh, I think he's still on the list. I think he had quite a few injuries issues this year, so Among other things. Mm-hmm. A few form issues over the last few years, I think. Yeah, I guess it can be hard to find form. Um, playing in a team that's not travelling particularly well, so it'll be interesting to see what Clarko does with Polly. Um, I think Carl Amon, is, it, it, it will hurt Port. He was pretty close to All-Australian last year. If only the selectors bothered to actually pick Wingman, he may have been a chance. Hmm. But, yeah, he is a good player. Yeah, he's definitely come along well the last couple of years, especially. Um, you know, Port just keep losing outside runners at this rate. Um, 650k a season seems like a very fair price for Hawthorne to pay for someone like Amon. I think that's not overs by any stretch. <laughs> Something I did see reported today uh, by Tom Brown. Brownie, acquaintance of the show. <laughs> Uh, Dunkley that, possibly is that, is that Tom Brown or Tom Morris? Brown Yeah Brown Tom Morris wouldn't be a friend of the show would he? Well Tommy Morris if you're listening Dial in And uh, we'll get you on the show And see if you want to be a friend of the show or not We'll get your side of the story 
Um, Dunkley possibly in for Port Adelaide on a five-year deal. Now that would be a big in. It would be big. But I would like him at the Crows. So I'm hoping that's not true. We interesting obviously don't have any other details at this stage so we'll watch this space over the next few weeks as silly season starts to uh come in full swing well he requested a trade to Essendon only what two years ago yeah he's been leaving at the end of every year apparently so and he's been forced to play forward a lot this year because of the Bulldogs stacked midfield could definitely help him if he went somewhere else and became the main man yep couple of spots freeing up at Port Adelaide now. Um, Big body around Butters and Rosie. That would really help Port. Could help out a lot. So Carlton have wasted no time in making three delistings of their own. Jack Noons, Oscar McDonald and Luke Parks. Uh, what do you think about those three? A bit surprised about Noons. Uh, over 200 games of experience and being late guy. Um, can't say I'm too surprised about Parks or McDonald. But Parks was showing plenty, I thought, as a back pocket. Yeah. You think any of those guys could be picked up as delisted free agents? Oscar McDonald can't hit a target, unfortunately, so I don't think he's much worth for any team anymore. Uh, Parks is still young, so he would, would definitely be worth looking at. And I guess if you need a winger that can run all day, Port, Noon's maybe your man. Noons, he's 29, he'll be uh, 30 in February, so he's probably still got a couple of years up his sleeve. Well, it depends um, if Ports still see themselves in the Premiership window. Yeah, it's the sort of player where if you... And, and that's a whole nother podcast episode, I think, as well. We are coming <laughs> along with um, Port and their window. Is it just one bad year or are they on the way out? Um, yeah, not sure what to think about that. Honestly. Well, Carlton already wasted no time in trying to replace Noons with Acres, reportedly. Which is interesting because always got those two players mixed up back when they were both uh, at St Kilda, both wingmen. Yeah, it doesn't look like a deal's getting done with Frio, so... Yeah, he's not happy. I think Frio are only offering two years and he obviously wants more. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens from the Frio point of view with... Uh, Friend of the show, Rory Lobb, as well, reportedly on the out. With Luke Jackson obviously coming in. Very interesting time for Frio and Carlton. And Adelaide, uh, 1D listing name so far, Brett Turner, picked in the mid-season draft, delisted, but will be uh, playing for the Crows against Nord in the Sample qualifying final this Sunday. Um... Do you think they'll pick him up again? Is it just a list strategy? I don't know why they would have picked him up if they had no intention of playing him and were just going to delist him when SA boy Carmichael was picked up by Collingwood and he's had a fair impact straight away. You know, the writing was kind of on the wall for uh, Adelaide to pick up Freeman who was already playing in their sample side when Sloan got injured. So I was surprised when... Uh, Freeman said he was going back home for work um, and they picked up Turner and then they didn't play Turner. Yeah, it was a surprise, but for once I'll defend the club here. Freeman is absolutely injury riddled and always has been. And I think at his age, his mid-twenties now, I think, couldn't see that turning around too quickly. Um, yeah, personally, I think that clubs could use the mid-season draft to their advantage more. Some clubs have started to do it. Uh Cam Sutcliffe played a bit of a role for the power in and out of the team. Um, Will Snelling's done well after only one game for the power to get uh, almost 50 up at Essendon so far. Um, Speaking of Essendon and mid-season draft, Nick Martin. Oh, what a star. Phenomenal. And mid-season draft can be used to your advantage. Why not? Especially when so many great players seem to slip through the cracks of the draft. I don't know if it's as common as a few years ago, but... It seems that athletic ability is drafted over football ability these days. It, so you get guys like Martin that slip through. It definitely did seem that way. I'm, I'm kind of hoping the trend's starting to swing back around towards footballers and, you know, get them in an AFL environment for a couple of years and, you know, get get the pace up and... Hoping for a late call-up, are you? Um, 
definitely, definitely done. <laughs> I made a half retirement this year, but came out for two two C grade games. So, look, I can't see myself nominating for the mid season, but good luck to those who do, and for the upcoming pre season draft. Uh, just one more point on the mid-season draft. Uh, shout out to Ned Moyle, uh, the Gold Coast friend of the show. He's done well in his first 18 months up there, so hopefully gets a run. Obviously, hopefully not at the expense of wits, but I wouldn't mind seeing them run with two rucks. Um, but yeah, he signed till 2024 as well. So another club who's been able to lock in a youngster without having to play the waiting game on draft night can you play another ruck when you've already got Chol and Casbolt in the team uh I don't know about that because King will be coming back so where would that leave players like Burgess well I'm a big fan of Burgess Jim Frosty Miller medalist in the VFL this year I'm Managed two AFL games, but kicked 52 snags in 17 VFLs. like the way he goes about it. Very agricultural. <laughs> Can play well as an undersized ruck. But out of contract and haven't heard anything yet. So I guess we wait and see what happens. There's also um, Josh Corbett on the out of contract list too. So Very similar player. I've got, I've got tall forward stocks of the first time in their history a lot of depth so there'll be some hard calls made I'm sure um, so yeah no, I, I you, you have you... stumped me a bit because I don't know whether you can play Moyle and Wits as well as two tall forwards I don't really like when Chol's taken out of the forward line though. Casbolt's not the most mobile player no it does crash a pack so it has a great set of hands yep shout out Levi great friend of the show um, speaking of Gold Coast and the VFL Braden Fiorini not named in their elimination final against Box Hill at Metricon Sunday night um, haven't heard of any injury um, could he be on the way out or part of a package with a Victorian club that gets the ranking deal done well he's been unlucky this year not to be playing most games he's definitely good enough for sure, I think he should be playing AFL most weeks. And when he has come in, he's done a pretty good job. I think he's just unlucky that for once there haven't been that many injuries in Gold Coast midfield. Um, could be another case of Bill Brody where they get the chance to shine somewhere else. You would think that with uh, Brody going to Fremantle, that that would have opened up more opportunity for Fiorini being a similar player. Yeah, I know. But when you when you look at Swallow, Miller. Raul and Anderson, they've been in the centre square a lot. And you've also got Brendan Ellis who can float through there. Yeah, I think he should... Well, anyone that's not getting regular time should be always looking elsewhere. And I think he's definitely good enough to be playing in most sides most weeks. Um, yeah, he's ball magnet too and uses it pretty well. So I think he's just one of those unlucky by who else is around. It's, a good, it's a good sign for the Gold Coast to have that midfield depth now. Something they've never really had. When you've got a player as good as Matt Rao as probably your third best midfielder, it means it's pretty strong in there. Yeah, as a Suns fan, I'm pretty happy with that. And obviously, would hate to see Fiorini leave, but couldn't blame him if he did either. Um, so yeah, guess that leaves our last topic of the Just day. quickly, I have a question for you back oh, on the Gold sure. Coast. yep. Had Rankin stayed, mm -hmm. could they have kept all the young guns under the one salary cap? Well, well they budgeted a reported 650k for him, but it's that next one in about 2024-2025 when this lot of contracts start expiring and you know players are starting to get towards their prime and managers rightfully asking them to ask for more money. It's, uh, it's hard to say, but personally, I think using that money to spread along to keep the core of that team together is what's going to be sensible, and maybe using some of that to help bring in someone else. 
what they identify they need, whether that's another experienced key defender while Caleb Graham and Charlie Ballard are developing to help out Sam Collins down back. Um, they had quite a few backline injuries. Um, you think Powell, Weller, Butterick, Farrar was in and out with injury. Ballard missed the last chunk of the season. Rory Thompson came back. So got injured. Yes. Rory Thompson's the most unlucky guy in the AFL. I know. It was so good to see him back for a couple of games, though. Um, is still playing VFL, though, which is good. So hopefully gets through that. And I think he is contracted for at least another season or two. Um, so his manager did some really good work a few years ago, obviously. I do love a key defender. I'm not, not biased or anything. Oh, but. yeah. <laughs> so in answer to your question, coming back to it, I think it could be a blessing in disguise saying, okay, we've got this money now to help keep the rest of the core, but Rankin's ceiling is that high that he could be anything. And if you're a team like the Gold Coast where you want to be pushing for finals next year, you do want X-Factor like Rankin in your side who can turn a game in five or ten minutes in your favour, probably win a big final if you got the opportunity. So you start to think, well... What salary matter if you're winning finals? Look at Tom Boyd. Was one on one of the biggest salaries from the Giants down to the Dogs. But after that grand final, does anyone really care how much he was paid? Breaking that grand final drought? No. Would you? Would a club pay a million dollars to get a grand final? Oh, you bet. I would. I'd chip in. Gonna do it on afterpay or a payment plan. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Rankin, Mortgage the house. Rankin's offer isn't going to hurt the Crows' salary cap down the down the track if it, what's reported is true and it's heavily front-ended. Once we start to get more established, should fit in nicely with what's around him. Yep. I do think it could be one of those deals that everyone ends up a winner from, but then there will always be the case of, well, who won more? Well, the same criticisms were thrown around when Eddie Betts joined. I think that was for 600000 a year. Yeah, it was definitely less than what uh, Rankin has been offered now. Eddie was more established too, but Rankin's got the potential. He can sell tickets. Eddie sold tickets. Eddie's the best, arguably the best small forward of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. Better than Milne? Yeah. Yeah. Did I? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think that, yeah. Look, certainly phenomenal. Certainly got a cleaner track record than Milne. Yep. Shout out to Milne and Eddie. The tip rat. Pip rat, we love your work. So the All-Australian team was announced earlier in the week. Guess we better discuss that one. Uh, I guess we'll start with the back line. Um, we got Tom Stewart, Stephen May at fullback, Maynard, Saad, Taylor at centre-half back, and Sinclair. Thoughts on that? Uh, not bad, but, uh, I don't know, Sardi, that was the one that really kind of made me think, well, he provides a lot of runoff half-back, but is he one of the best two half-backs in the comp? Well, there's no two-way running there at all. The man can't man up to save his life. We saw Ben Keyes got a high work rate both ways, um, really expose him in their matchup, um, I think obviously it's not as easy as to say like just run harder than him because uh, he is quick. But I think that is a weakness in the back six for mine. Um, I th- yeah, I think if you're going to be in there, you have to be able to defend. You know, when you can defend and then it's your turn to go, you go. But Saad doesn't seem to have a turn to defend, and you can have one guy like that maybe off the half back, but. Sinclair doesn't exactly man up either. He's a bit of a seagull, so I don't think you can have them both in the same back line. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Most All-Australian teams don't seem to account for um, team balance, what the team might need. Um, It is obviously just trying to name the best players of the year in those positions, so I don't know whether All-Australian team is the best name for this sort of thing but it is what it is um any other thoughts on the defenders or uh, i think sicily was absolutely robbed yep and there needs to be more emphasis on players that are outstanding in a bad team because it's, i think it's much easier for 
guys in top teams to have good years when they've got all that support around them. But Sicily down back is a, he's the he's the man. There's nothing there. And uh, and Mister Fix It too can kick a goal. So why wouldn't you want someone that versatile in your team? Yeah, definitely. But then who do you take out? Tom Stewart is absolutely elite. Yeah. Uh, Maynard may not get as much of the ball as the others, but defensively he's elite. Uh, midfield, the Took Miller on the wing with Callum Mills on the other wing. Um, Clayton Oliver in the centre with Max Scorn, Patrick Cripps and Lockie Neal as the ruck and followers. Uh, thoughts on that midfield? Pretty strong, but... The obvious elephant in the room is the wings. Yes. I think Mills spent a tiny bit of time on the wing this year. He kind of played everywhere, had a good season. Miller, you would know, has never been on the wing, has he? Uh, not for the last four or five years. So it's yeah. been a while and did not see him line up on the wing at all this year. So I think it's a bit of a snub that they don't recognise the wing as its own position because if you look at any any successful team, they've got effective wingers. Like look at Ed Langdon last year in the Premiership year. Yep. Uh, Paul Seedsman, Elite, Amon. There's some good wingers out there. Yep. I want to pose a question as a biased Suns fan about Jared Witts in the All-Australian Ruck picture. I was there, thought that Gorn might have gotten that spot but did wonder whether Wits would get a spot in the interchange, and he didn't. Uh, something that I think is severely overlooked at all levels of football is hit-outs to advantage. Uh, Wits went at 13 hit-outs to advantage this season. Uh, Gorn went at 8.6 hit-outs to advantage. I think Gorn had a really good season in terms of he hit the scoreboard more than ever before. Uh, I could be wrong, though. You might need to check that stat. <laughs> it felt like he hit the, the scoreboard more than ever before. Um, just got some comparisons on here. Uh, hitouts for Gorn, 26.5 a game with 8.6 to advantage. Wits at 37.9 a game. Uh, so, what, 12, 11 or 12 difference with five more to advantage per game. Um, when at 4.6 clearances a game wits compared to 4.7 for Gorn so pretty that's surprising pretty comparable stat that um, Gorn though did get more disposals a game at 19.2 compared to wits at 13.3 Gorn is essentially an extra midfielder I think he's the best best ruckman since Dean Cox and yeah his work around the ground is why he got in there so no surprise there um Wits probably deserved a spot on the bench. But if I had to guess, I'd say they've gone with Blitzarves because he's so versatile. Can play yep. down back in the ruck, forward, wing, anywhere. The guy is an absolute athlete. Utility spot. I love that word, utility. So we'll recognise utilities now, but not wings. Yeah, well, tell me about it. But that's just my case as a loyal Suns fan that I think hit-outs to advantage needs to be emphasised more across all levels of football because there's nothing that frustrates me more than seeing a... And I'm not talking about Gorn, I'm talking about local experience of seeing a Ruckman dominate the hit-outs and hitting it to no one. <laughs> <laughs> and you and I both know that that happens a lot. I've never envied the job of a Ruckman. I think it's the worst <laughs> worst job on the field. Oh, look, you can play it smart by playing a kick behind the ball and then you don't have to run all the way up and sometimes just call someone else in the contest and chill back 50 metres. <laughs> um, forward line. So we got Petrarca on the flank, Jeremy Cameron, Shai Bolton, Charlie Kernow in the pocket, not sure why he's not full forward seeing as he got the Coleman. You got the captain, Tom Hawkins, has never captained by his own admission a team in his life. And Stengel in the pocket, who was the surprise packet. Your thoughts on the forward line? Yeah, look, Kerno's not full forward because he doesn't have the big barrel chest and the big 
the big muscles that Tom Hawkins has and your captain, so you're going to push anyone out of the goal square, get out of my square. <laughs> the bear in the square. Oh, yeah. But, you know, apart from that, Petrarca, I don't think, actually spent a lot of time at half forward. I think it's just another one of those times where, oh, this midfielder had a sensational year. we got to fit him in somewhere. Let's just stick him in at half forward and hope I no one really he, complains he about it. He kicks a lot of goals from the midfield, so he gets gets that spot, possibly. Mm. How many goals did he got this year? I'm not sure, but I know Bailey Fritch got around a 50, so he was probably stiff to miss out. So Petrarca went at 19 goals, 29 this year, and was named in an all-Australian forward line. So his goal-kicking accuracy is disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) To put it bluntly. Yeah, look, I don't know how many forwards make an all-Australian line-up kicking under 20 goals. We obviously know why he's in. Um, He's a very, very good player and is damaging, but, you know, sometimes the all-Australian selectors have to make the hard calls of which midfielders miss out for the benefit of the quote-unquote team, maybe. Yeah, I could maybe understand if they were going to actually play a game, but I thought it was all about the recognition of the best player for that position. Yeah, well, that's fair. I think Fritsch definitely is stiff to miss out because of Petrarca. Mm. Like, it seems there's not enough emphasis on specialist forwards anymore. It's all about when can we get... If, we, if you have a specialist forward that's developing, it's all about when can we get them in the midfield. It does certainly seem that way. Um, Just leave them there. Guys like Papley, Eddie Betts, Fritch, they're elite. They win games. Leave them where they do their best work. Yeah, I like it. Uh, thoughts on the interchange? So we got Blitzarves, Brayshaw, Andrew Of the Brayshaw. Andrew variety. Yes. Good friend of the show. Shout out, Andy. Isaac Heaney and Connor Rosie. I don't really have too many complaints about the bench other than there could be a case of Brayshaw being on the field. Um, but I think ahead of Cripps. Cripps was far too inconsistent this year. He was either great or did absolutely That's your nothing. vice-captain you're talking about. <laughs> Mine. Yeah, yours. Mine. All Australian. You're Australian. <laughs> I think Rosie... I'm not being biased, but I think Laird had the better year. I you did, can't go past Laird's I numbers. I did think Laird was really stiff to miss out, and I actually probably, well, if we're going to play that game, I would have stuck him on the half-back flank instead of Saad. He didn't play half-back flank at all this year. He's been in the midfield the last few. Yeah, but then you could make that case with the wingman and the forwards, so why are we not doing it for the backman? This is true. I would have had Dawson there, to be honest. I think Dawson's the perfect utility. He plays every position, usually in in a single game. Yeah, he the does. The only thing he doesn't is Ruck. Yeah, so, but there are two stiff omissions from the Crows. I don't think the Crows were as bad as people were going to, uh, people were expecting, especially at home. They seemed pretty, pretty tough. And, yeah, Laird and Dawson were pretty stiff omissions. Um, any other thoughts on this team how do you think it would go obviously hard to compare it to say how do you think it would go against the mid 2000s Hawks I think that the all Australian team would win after a few training sessions together of course yeah they would need a gel and maybe have a few internals against the all Australian bees but but I feel like the AFL is so even at the top there's no real you you couldn't easily say who's the best player in the AFL you're going to get you know 10 different opinions yep. I think if the all Australian team played the 22 that missed out it'd be a pretty even game yeah I think you're right it would maybe just come down to team balance and would they pick the team slightly differently knowing that they were playing a game like you said it would be Amazing to see this team in a World Cup setting, though, against some other country. I know it would be oh, lopsided, but... I know. We're probably a few decades away from that at best, <laughs> but you never know. Um, speaking of big games and 
we got four this weekend. Uh, we got the Lions and the Tigers in an elimination final. We got Melbourne and Sydney in a qualifying final. Geelong and Collingwood in a qualifying final. And Fremantle and the Western Bulldogs in an elimination final. I think Freo will be pretty disappointed that they didn't finish in the top four considering how well they went for most of this season. So that now they've got to do it the hard way, but they do start at home. Um, got any tips on these four games before we go? So a lot of people have written off the Lions after their big loss to Melbourne, but I think they'll bounce back and they'll get the better of Richmond. Richmond are an ageing team. I think their premiership window is actually closed, even though they made the finals. Be cool. I have gone with Richmond, but not so much Richmond winning. I think Brisbane just don't have what it takes this year. Um, and you go back to the drawing board, they've definitely got the players there, but, you know... Is it going to be one of those almost windows without hitting straight into it? I think they're far too reliant on Lockie Neal in the midfield. Mm. Um, he hasn't got a hell of a lot of help in there. Obviously, McCluggage is elite, but uh, Lyons is now well past his best. Um, Zorko is well past his best. There's not much else in there, really. Yeah, it's going to be very, a very interesting game, I think. Um, I, it, you know, I did mention I tipped Richmond, but not so much because of Richmond. Uh, I don't know if I trust either of these two teams so being straight into an elimination final if, is... it, was, if it was at the G I would definitely tip Richmond I know all too yeah. well how they can get up at the G unfortunately I know and will Richmond be that team that just turns into the Richmond we all know and hate <laughs> for, well, for the finals well at least it won't be against the Crows yeah and thankfully we <laughs> The Suns, by the time they make finals, Richmond will be bottom four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Friday night at the MCG, we've got Melbourne and Sydney. Um, I've gone Melbourne, but I think that'll be a really interesting matchup too. I love seeing Sydney play in Victoria and seeing uh, the old South Melbourne fans behind the goals. They've got a really big following over there, so shout out to the South Melbourne faithful. Um, get around them on Friday night. A few nuffies in there. I think it'll be a cracker and uh, nuff hard, but I have tipped Melbourne, sorry. Yeah, I've tipped Melbourne uh, just because it's at home. Uh, Sydney are my dark horse, though, for the Premiership and have been since the start of the year. Um, and I'm especially impressed by Sydney, the fact that they didn't bottom out. They missed the finals a couple of years ago and they've bounced straight back, done the rebuild on the run. I think there needs to be more of it. I don't buy into full bottom-out rebuilds for five years anymore. Yeah, I think if you bottom out, it's more of an eight- or nine-year rebuild, and that's a long time for fans to be waiting. It is, for sure. It's been too long with the Crows, and that's been, what, four? Four years? It's uh, about 2018. We, we could say we could say four years since 2018. Four yeah. years too long. Um, so the loser of that game will play the winner of uh, the Lions and Richmond. Uh, Saturday, Twilight game at the MCG, the Cats and the Pies. Uh, who have you gone with? It's pretty hard to go past Geelong. I think they've been the form team almost all year. Um, they just look too good all around the field now. There's no reliance on Dangerfield and Selwood anymore. So I think they're pretty unpredictable. Yep, they are... My pick for grand finalist with the D's. I think they will beat the Pies, but the Pies have been pretty impressive um, over the last four months or so. So they'll give it everything, but I think the Cats will be too good on the day. Um, the loser will play the winner of this next match. Um, Fremantle and the Western Bulldogs in Perth on Saturday night. Uh, who have you got? I'm actually going to go with the Bulldogs. They've won it from eighth before. I think now that they're in finals and they're up against a pretty young team in Fremantle, we saw how inconsistent they were in the second half of the year. So I just think the Bulldogs' finals experience will get them over the line. Yeah, I do think that Frio needed the double chance and two home finals um, to give them the best chance of making it to the grand final. I have tipped them, but it was not an easy decision. 
I don't mind going in the finals. Well, as a Suns fan, I wouldn't mind going in the finals from <laughs> 12th with a few disqualifications. Well, the old uh, Carlton. Uh, come in at 9th and then knock out Richmond as 9th place Carlton. Ninthman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll tip Freo, but it's not a confident tip at all. I think, um, I think you don't mind going into finals as 5th place yeah, it's a really big trip going from Melbourne to Perth, but you've got no expectation really other than internal ones. You're probably written off if you finish eighth to really do much damage in finals. So every week's a sw- free swing. And um, yeah, wouldn't surprise me if the dogs do get over an inexperienced Frio, like you say. They, it's been all... Yes, yeah, they are coming into a window though, but... I do think they needed the double chance and two finals. Yeah, it's probably a little early for them, but anything can happen. Just a question on the Bulldogs. Mm. If they are beaten, is it really worth having the stacked midfield, or is it overrated? Uh, The what midfield? The stacked midfield, the Bulldogs stacked midfield. Mm. You can't play them all in there at once. Should Should they be spreading out the salary cap across the field a little bit? That's a good question. I think we'll have to cover that in another episode and really analyse the dogs and see what we can do with them. Better do some homework. Uh, I will be doing some homework and watching closely how they go on Saturday night. Uh, Any final thoughts on anything we've covered today? No, I think that about covers it. I think people are probably sick of hearing my voice now over the last hour or so. Um, What about yourself? As the famous Dermot Brereton once said, No. Nothing from me, Dennis. (laughs) Okay, on that note, thanks for listening. Keep an eye out on our socials that we'll be starting to roll out and vote on your favourite footy card of the week. Was it Michael Ruscatelli or was it Todd Banfield? The Shermanator. All right. Uru team. Uru.